What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great. Hope you're having an awesome day. I hope that you can feel God's presence and His Holy Spirit in this place. It's an amazing thing. It's life-changing for us. For those of you that are watching online, thanks so much for being a part of us. Thanks so much for tuning in on a screen, whatever, wherever you're at, whatever day you are watching, uh, you are part of us. Just to make you aware, we are partaking in communion at, towards the end of the service. Uh, so if you are at home or watching, if you want to grab some crackers or bread or some juice so you can participate later, that'd be great. Um, but man, I'll tell you what, we've been in a series about the Holy Spirit. And I hope that you've enjoyed it. I hope that God's speaking to you. I hope his word is, is like communicating to you. And I have to give a huge shout out to Pastor Nicole uh, because the first two weeks of this series, she has flat out brought it. Amazing, like so powerful. And I, I'm feeling pressure. I'm feeling pressure. Like, you know how like you, like you step up the game and she, she's like way up here and I'm going, oh man, I felt like I thought I was doing so good. And so now I got to hit it way up there. So I'm, I'm excited though. I'm excited about what God has put on my heart for this. And, and I truly believe if you'll lean into this message, if you'll lean into the scripture that we're gonna dive into in this message, I believe that this is potentially life altering for you. Uh, I, I believe that this is a, a, an important day for you, r wherever you're at in your life, whatever God is doing. Um, because when you talk about the Holy Spirit, I wanna help you understand who he truly is and what he does and how we can be led by the Spirit. So when, when you read scripture, when it talks about the Spirit of God, his Holy Spirit, the, the translation literally is the breath. It's the breath of God. It's where God like exhales and that's the Spirit that comes and dwells in us. So I have several analogies that I wanna use and I wanna share with you. One of the ones that helps me a lot, you know, here we, we're in Melbourne, Florida, so we're the Harbor City. So if, if you and I were to go out on a sailboat and, and, and the sails were just kind of fluttering flat there, we would want the wind to blow us and, and the wind would point us in a direction and we would travel in the direction that that wind blows. And so that's the Holy Spirit. So the, the, literally the breath of God breathes out and the, the sails of our life, the, the sails of our boat, he breathes into those and we begin to move in that direction in how he leads and how he wants. And so that's so incredible because the spirit is the presence of God. Like, do you understand? Like literally we're talking about God Almighty, his Holy Spirit breathing into us filling our sails. And, and, and if you're not yet to that place where you have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, I wanna tell you that like, God has more for you. And today, this message, like his word, it just might be exactly what you need, exactly what you're hoping for. Because part one, we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have salvation, we have baptism in water, we have baptism in the Holy Spirit. We remove some of the barriers that, that we put on the Lord. We opened ourselves up to more of God and what he has. And that's so amazing. So today, what does it mean to truly be led in our life by the Holy Spirit? And so let's pray uh, together and ask that God would show us that. And so Lord, we come before you and Lord, I wanna honor you and bless you for being our father uh, in heaven. Lord, that's amazing. And sometimes God, it's hard for us to understand what that's like. And so thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus, that we could have a human example to follow after. And Lord, thank you even, you know, for the, the Holy Spirit and what that is and what he is and, and what he looks like and, and how he's to be in our life. And so God, would you, just, would you just peel back just our understanding a little bit? Would you open up the, the doorway of heaven in your Holy Spirit and what, what it is to be led by your spirit? Lord, would you communicate to us so clearly that this would be revelatory and life altering for us? In Jesus' name, amen. 
So if you brought your Bibles or you have your Bible app on your mobile device, go ahead and open up to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm also going to be in Galatians chapter 5. Those are my two main texts. I'm going to touch on a few different verses and stuff, but those are my two main. So Galatians 5, Ephesians 5, we're going to be talking about being led by the Spirit. And so that phrase right there is, is used often in Scripture. It's multiple times. And if you've been following Christ for a little while, it's possible that you've even used language like that or something similar. If you're not yet following Christ, it's possible that you've heard people talk about that. Like God led me in a certain direction or the Holy Spirit showed me this particular thing. Sometimes we'll use language where, where we say, I just had this sense in my spirit or, or had a peace about this particular decision. So we use language like that. And I just, I want to caution you a little bit. Sometimes, you know, for us that are in church and we've been in a little while, we use what's called Christianese. And so that's our, those are particular Bible phrases, you know, and, or phrases that we've adopted and we speak them out to normal people that aren't yet following Christ and we expect them to understand and they don't. And so they're, they're not going to get it. So we have to be careful what we say and how we say it. Now we are to be different. I'm, I'm not saying that. We are to be light and darkness, no doubt. But sometimes, you know, when we're trying to be a friend to our neighbor, uh, we, we, can't, we don't need to be weird about it. Like we can be normal people. And so, but what does it mean for you and I to be led by the Spirit. That's so important because so many times like he'll show us and he'll lead us and it's incredible and we'll have this sense and on rare occasions we get to use phrases like God spoke to me or God showed me and, and I believe that that happens, that's happened in my life. Sometimes he'll communicate through dreams or visions and just a number of different ways that he wants to lead us. But the thing that's interesting is even with all those phrases, there are always variations. You need to understand that we are unique. Like God made us different and as individuals. And so we hear from God differently. We sense the Holy Spirit and we're led out by the Spirit differently. So it looks different for every single one of us, but we have to be able to understand the constants, right? What are, what are those consistent things on how the Holy Spirit does what he's doing, how he says, how he communicates. And so there's some variety in that, which is great. But then I believe that there are foundational principles that you and I are going to grab a hold of that we can be able to determine, yep, this is the Spirit or it's not. Because I believe that God wants us to have a Spirit-led life. And I actually believe that God has more for you wherever you're at in your life, in your Christian walk, or not yet following Christ. I believe that there's another step. There's something more for you, and it's so significant, and we have to recognize that. So I believe that he wants that for us. So where in your life is the Holy Spirit, the primary indicator, the primary voice that he's leading you and guiding you? Because I wanna share some different things with you. And so one of my points is that he guides us in our purposes so that we can take steps forward with him. Let me share just a, a simple story how that might relate. You know, you and I, we have big days. We have momentous days that we remember. And, and you know, I'm, I'm a parent of three sons and I love them all. They're great. Maybe you're a grandparent. Maybe you're a parent. Uh, maybe you're a single person. You don't have kids. You'll still get this in what it means. Because for those of us that are our parents and we had our first child, one of the momentous days was when they take their first step. You know, if you have kids or grandkids, you know, because uh, what we do is, you, you know, you, you see them, it could be a boy or a girl, and they're, they're like knees are wobbly, and they're holding on to the coffee table, and you're going, oh my gosh, this might be the thing, or you get them the little deal, they're walking behind, and then they, they take one hand off, and then you go, and you get out the camera, you know, you get out your phone, and you got this one, but some of you are pros, you're like, I got three cameras, hold on, let me turn them all on, you know, and it's going to happen right now, and so you're ready, and it happens, they take their first step, and poof. 
You know, if, yeah, you fell down first step, like it's a big, you post your videos, you post your pictures, you get all those and your baby's so cute. He, he's took his first steps, you know, you get all those and you love it. And so I wanna spin that a little bit differently because you get it, you totally understand. I wanna give you the perspective of the child. So you have this 12-month-old-ish, right? You know, depending on how advanced your kid is and they take the first step. And so they're about one. So now they can take a step and then they figure out that they can now walk. And so all the stuff that they have been looking at that they couldn't get to, they now can get to. And so they've been strapped down, buckled in, you know, duct tape, all the whole works. You know, it's like, man, that's, and so now they're set free to now get, out, get the stuff that they've been desiring. And so the reason I share this story is because for those of us that have more than one child, our second child, we don't allow them to start walking till we're ready to send them to kindergarten. It's like, today's the first day of school, you can walk now, you know, it's because for five years we've got them duct taped down because we know the first kid, they destroyed everything. They got in the cabinets and the closets and all the stuff and because they could get to it now, they're taking those steps. And so second kid, like second born and beyond, I'm so sorry, like I'm not a good parent, like my son, like I'm, I'm so sorry, you know, but you, you know, when you showed up to the first day of school and you, taught, you told your kindergarten teacher that I learned how to walk and like she sent us that email and we're still recovering from her judgment on us. But duct tape is necessary when you have more than one child. And, so as a Christ follower, I believe that you can learn how to walk and to take a step and to begin walking this out and being led by the Holy Spirit as he shows things that he has for you. Because I believe that he gives us access to all the things that you've ever wanted. Do you understand that you've watched other people have great moves of God in their life and you've been envious and jealous. And today's a day where it's gonna change. You're gonna take that step and you're gonna take another step. And so it, it, I believe that today is a big day. It's a momentous day for you in your spiritual journey. That some of you, you've got wobbly knees and that's okay. We're so glad you're here, but I'm telling you, it's time to take your hands off the coffee table because God has something big for you. And so let me help you walk through this message and walk through the, the process of what that looks like. So the first thing we've got to understand is that the Holy Spirit, his purpose is to guide us, okay? And so Jesus teaches, I wanna start in John 16, right? This is Jesus teaching, verse 13. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide. Everybody say guide. 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 He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future, he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Do you see the line of communication that Jesus is, is, is organizing? God the Father sends Jesus the Son. Jesus dies, rises again, amazing, ascends to heaven, sends the Holy Spirit. Everything that the Holy Spirit leads you and I in is now communicated from heaven. So we have our own personal guidance counselor. That's exactly the Holy Spirit's purpose, to guide us and to give us counsel and comfort. And the thing that I love about those verses is the Holy Spirit knows the plan that the Lord has for us because he's telling us and he's leading us in the direction straight from God the Father, straight from the Son. He will show you the things 
that, I have, that I'm gonna tell them. You will re, they'll be revealed in your future. And so the Holy Spirit, he guides us, he gives us direction. He gives us insight and wherewithal and wisdom on what we're supposed to decide. And, and all of us need this, we want this. Maybe you've had this in your life. Maybe you're trying to decide what house to get or you know, you're going, which one, this one, that one. And, and you're, you're, there's a lot of uncertainty. You're going, well, I, I can't see behind the walls. Is this one, does this one have walls or have issues behind the walls? I can't see the plumbing in the foundation. You know, what are we gonna do? Which one are we gonna pick? How do we know? And so I believe that the Holy Spirit can reveal when we, when we desire him and he'll lead us and guide us. And I believe the same thing for business. You know, many of you, you're managers, directors, owners, and like vice presidents, and that's amazing. And you're praying, you're going, God, what should we do? God, how do we wrap up Q4? We've got Good Friday coming and we're hoping things will work. And what's our online position right now? And how are we gonna finish this year? What's 22 look like? And you're going, Lord, would you show us? Would you give us vision, perspective? I believe that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you if you'll allow him to do that in every area of your life. So one of the other areas that sometimes gets a little bit challenging is in our relationships. Because, you know, those examples that I just gave, like a house and business, sometimes, you know, we're smart. We can make strategic business decisions, and I get that. But then all of a sudden you bring people in. And I mean, we're sinful. We got issues and problems, and, and dealing with people is messy. It's so messy. So the relationships that you and I have, I believe that the Holy Spirit can lead us on how to deal with those and how to process them in a healthy way. The friends that you have, maybe you're a single adult and you're going, who am I hanging out with? Who am I spending time with? Who do I wanna to allow to be a roommate with me? Those are big decisions. If you're not yet married or married, like a spouse and finding them and staying married to them. And what does that mean and look like? There's so many things. You're dealing with employees. I'm right, for, for those of us that, that own our companies, how do you help families? And you know, they've got kids and I, there's so many pieces that are moving in on our relationships. And I believe that we can be led by the Holy Spirit in every area of our life. And so if I talk about that, many of us, we go, yes, I'm doing that. Or yes, I want that. But what if we aren't? We look at that and we go, that sounds so great, but what if I'm not doing that? It, what if we're being led by something else? So my question is, where in your life are you allowing someone or something to lead you that isn't the Holy Spirit? So really it's, what are you truly being led by right now in your life? Because there's a lot of things that can lead us. And one of the things that, we convince ourselves of is we're pretty capable. We go, I'm pretty smart. I have some life experience, some education, some, I have some wherewithal, I can make good decisions. In fact, I've made this decision and that one and then everything seemed to turn out all right on those. So I think that I want to, and we begin to make our own decisions. Instead of going to the Lord and asking him and praying and being led by the spirit, we just go, I'm pretty good. I'm good, I'll handle this on my own. Sometimes we allow not just our mind, but also sometimes our emotions where we go, this just, this just feels right. You know, this, this business decision, this investment, this just feels right. And, and really it's just ourselves and we're convincing ourselves that it's a good decision and we move in that direction. So if you're making decisions 
that are based on your mind. I believe that we, we can be smart. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's a great thing. I believe that God gives us wisdom. But if we're making decisions sometimes based on emotions, I have no doubt that sometimes your emotions will lead you in a place where you'll just get into trouble. Uh, because our emotions get erratic and, and they cause us to be led astray. And so we're not being led by the spirit, but we're actually allowing ourselves to get in the way of that. So if you aren't being led by the spirit, what or who are you being led by? Sometimes it's you're trying to lead your own life or maybe it's finances. Maybe you're a, a financially driven person and you just go, the numbers have to line up, you know, the income, the ROI, whatever it is for you, revenue, business decision, financial decision, personal, it's all about money. And that's the only way that you move forward. Maybe it is your own intellect or sometimes where we get a little bit reactionary though. Have you noticed this in your life where if we're moving in a certain direction and circumstances happen and we get bumped around, knocked around, and then we react and make a decision based on a circumstance and what happened. I think that happens to us all the time. So here's what I wanna share. The Holy Spirit is the one that guides us in the purposes and for the decisions that he has for us. But we have this problem and it's number two, it's when we're ignoring his guiding and we all do it. And you might be doing it right now in your life. And so I wanna talk through this a little bit. And so this is where we get into Galatians five because the apostle Paul, he writes to the church in Galatia and gives us this great passage of scripture. Galatians five, starting in verse 15. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. There's that word guide again. And so then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Because you and I, we rationalize our decisions. We think it's right or it feels right and we justify it because we think our, good, our intentions are right and good, but in fact, it's actually contrary to what the Spirit is leading and guiding us. And so if you're making decisions or you're acting in this particular way, then those are contrary to God. Those are contrary to what He has for us. And when, when I understand like we're either following God or we're not, because in scripture there's this three letter word that's called sin. And so sin is a very simple word to understand where it's actually an archer term. So if you're an archer and you have your bow and you pull back the arrow, you launch the arrow at a target. If you miss the target, that's a sin. And so God lays out a direction he lays out a target for us to go after, to follow Christ in our life. And when we go back and we shoot and we move forward in a decision, if it's not what he has for us, then it's contrary to his design for us and his purposes. Whether we fall into temptation or we do some particular things. And this next part is a slap in the face, a punch in the stomach, a stomp on the toes, whatever you wanna say, but it is a very confronting list about how we've missed it. And Paul shares it and he continues in verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility. Don't you wish the list would stop? Quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and then he puts in this ETC, the et cetera, and all the other sins like this. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not 
inherit the kingdom of God. So it's following after Jesus and his kingdom or not. And the direction and the, the end is different, the eternity. It's either God's heaven or the enemy's hell. Like that's, that's how this works. That's what Jesus is laying out. That's what he's communicating. So when we aren't following Jesus, what happens is we start being led by ourselves or other people. We aren't being led by the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, we remove ourselves from the Holy Spirit, from God's presence. And that's deep and it's intense, but it's very real. Let, let me show you, let me break it down even more and look at a deeper level how this all makes sense. So when, if I were to talk about us as human beings, so us as, us as human beings, right? So we have a body, we have a mind, we have emotions, we're emotional, uh, and we have a spirit. So our body, right? We get it. Our body is our skin, our flesh, our bones. Uh, it, it's good. It's wonderful. We like it most of the time. But, you know, sometimes it, it, it starts to break down. It starts to age. It starts to wrinkle. We break a bone. We, we don't, we, we don't, we're not as fleet of foot anymore. So our body is good, but it's just, it's temporary while we're here on the earth. So that's our body. Our mind is strong. I mean, right, but our mind also has limitations, but our mind is actually one of the things that can help us do and accomplish more than we ever thought was possible. That's what they do in the military. When you go in the military, you go in basic training and they say straight up, we break them down and build them back. Why? Because they have to get to the point where they can do something that's beyond themselves, where you commit to the person next to you and you do something that's incredible and amazing. And so many people, we understand the mental side of that, incredible. We can do more than we thought if we push ourselves and we get, become strong mentally, but our mind has limitations as well and it often gets in the way of our relationship with God. But then you bring in the emotions too, the, the feelings that we have. Both men and women, we have feelings. We, sometimes we're angry. Sometimes we're hurt and disappointed. Sometimes we have, we're full of joy. Sometimes we feel confident and we're full of love and we're able to, to love other people even though we don't like them. And so that's great. Like that's the emotions, right, that come up inside of us. And, and so then you have our spirit. So where is my spirit? Like in my body, where is my spirit? So that's where people, like they hit a wall because they go, yeah, body, mind, emotions, yes. So where's my spirit? And so the easiest way that I can explain it to, to make sense if we need to take baby steps in that direction is it, it's like our conscience. So when you do the things that you do and you wish you didn't do them, you feel bad, you feel shameful, you feel guilty. So our spirit is a, like the conscience. And so where's my conscience? It's like point it out, like you, you can't. And so it's that feeling, why? Because God made us in his image and so you and I are spiritual beings but we have emotions, mind, and a body that we have that, that contains us for this period of time. But when this time is done, we get to spend eternity in heaven or not and be with him forever in a spiritual relationship. And so what does my spirit look like? What does it mean to be led by the spirit and be a spiritual being? Because I believe that we can relate to God on a spiritual level. I hope that you understand that. We can actually have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so I just in, a, in very simple terms, how do we do that? Uh, quite honestly, one of the easy ways is to pray. So what is prayer? Prayer is a conversation with God. 
Because if you're praying out loud and there's nobody else there and somebody hears you, they say, who are you talking to? And you go, oh, I was talking to God. They're like, yeah, you're crazy, you know? So, but prayer is our spiritual connection where we pray to God, we praise him, we thank him, we glorify his name, we, 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 are, we tell him how much we love him and adore him. We, we have needs and wants and we say, God, this is what I'm dealing with, can you help me? So prayer is a spiritual connection with God Almighty. Reading the Bible, another great one. Like literally reading scripture, why is that? Because God breathed, he inspired people to write down through the Holy Spirit so that you and I could read and understand God's nature and his character and who he is so we could understand Christ, what it is to be led by the Spirit. So simply reading scripture is God connecting with us on a spiritual level. And then also being in relationship with other Christ followers, being in church. God uses people to help other people being in a connection group, serving on a team. That's how God designed it for us to connect on a spiritual level so that we can receive from the Holy Spirit. And so my question to you is, are you open to the supernatural? Because many of us, we're fine with body, mind, emotions. But when we talk about spirit, it's hard for us to define because spirit relates to words like faith and trust and reliance on the Lord and surrender. What do those look like? And so I wanna share with you, being led by the Spirit is this revelation of understanding the supernatural where we connect with heaven. And so if you were looking for something deep this morning, something revelatory, you can connect with heaven. Like, do you understand the magnitude of that? every single moment of every single day, not just in church, not just listening or singing, like every single moment where we have this connection through the Holy Spirit with our Father in heaven. That'll change you. Like if that doesn't change you, you're missing it. You're missing the whole point of all this, like the Holy Spirit. We literally can have a connection with heaven. Now, there are definitely times we won't get it right. Like we, we're just gonna miss it. You know, just because that's the reality. But there are times it's like, so we're trying to figure this out. We're trying to take steps to move in this direction. So sometimes you might have that pit in your gut. You know what I'm talking about? You just, you don't feel comfortable about a person or a situation or a decision. And all of a sudden it's just like, oh, it's like a ton of bricks and it's pressure. So some of you, if you felt that, you're going, man, just something doesn't feel right. So instead of us just going, oh, well, that's just something I'm experiencing physically, what if we opened ourselves up to the supernatural and we said, God, what are you trying to show me? What are you revealing to me through your spirit about this particular person or situation? And so there, I just, I don't have peace about it. And that's real. It's this connection with God. Now, I do want to caution you. I'll put a little asterisk on that one, please don't over-spiritualize this. I have seen far too many people use spiritual manipulation and say, God gave me a piece about it. And it's like, God did not tell you to do that. And so please be, you know, that, that's why we're trying to create foundational principles and constants about the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes God will speak to you. He wants to, the whole, through the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it'll be like a prophetic word 
where you're going, man, I'm praying with God and he's kind of showing me this picture or this thing or this person and I just feel like I should reach out to them or talk to them or pray for them. That's real. Sometimes it'll be in dreams and vision. You'll be sleeping in the middle of the night. God will give you a dream. Boom, it'll happen. You'll wake up and you're going, what? And so like just in those moments, you go, all right, God, what are you trying to show me? How are you trying to communicate? Because I believe that the Holy Spirit wants you and I to tap into the supernatural because that's how he designed us. And we actually are following too much to the natural in how we're led in the decisions that we make. Because when we're allowing other people or circumstances or ourselves or greed or jealousy or envy to influence us in our decisions, that's not us being led by the Spirit. And we know it's not right. And so we've got to have a course correction to be led by the Spirit. And so here's what Paul communicates in Ephesians 5, starting in verse 15. So be careful. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so Paul's saying, hey, just simply live how a wise person lives. And the thing that's incredible is the Holy Spirit wants to show you. He wants to show you how to live. He wants to show you how to make these decisions. He wants to put the wind in your sail and you be directed in the direction that he has for you. Why? Because he's taking you somewhere. Like, do you understand that? If we're on a boat and we're it's a sailboat, we need the wind. The spirit is breathing, filling up, and so he's taking you in a direction. And remember that one part in John 16, right, where Jesus says, hey, the Holy Spirit's gonna show you the things that I've already told him to do. So all that stuff that you're worried about and you're going, oh, I'm not so sure. And, but you go, I just think it's right. I just think it's God. I think he's moving and I pray about it and I'm interceding and God keeps speaking and showing me and leading me. It absolutely is him. But you and I sometimes, are, the boat goes into the fog or the boat goes to a place we've never been before. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with the Holy Spirit working in a supernatural way in your life to take you to a place that you've never been before? Or are you gonna hold on to the cocktail table and not let go and not experience the momentous opportunity that God has when we say, you know what? My, my fists are tired, I'm clenched so tight, I need to take a step and then I wanna take two steps, but I wanna be led by the Spirit. Because how many times have you and I said, I don't know where God's leading me. In fact, put your hand up. How many of you have heard that before? I don't know where God's leading. Y'all in the back, come on, like put your hands up. Like I don't know where God is leading me. We've all said it and it's reality. But here's what we've got to understand, the trust, the faith, the direction. He's not leading us in circles and he definitely is not leading us to a dead end. So when he moves out in faith in a direction, it's not a dead end because it's him. That's not how God works. He's not gonna take you on this way over here and be like, no, just joking, let's go back. Like that, that, that's not how he does it. That's not like, but it requires patience. It requires perseverance. Now there will be times when he, he, he like brings us to a stall or a stop or a pause, 
because there's some things we gotta process. There's some things we gotta deal with, right? And we've all been there, but it's not a dead end. Some of you in your life right now, you think you're at a dead end and that's not what the Lord is saying over you today. He wants to lead you and guide you in all things because leading by the Holy Spirit means that we have perpetual motion. We're moving in the direction that he has for us and we're living it out. It's active. We're moving towards the things of God. And then I have this third point that I wanna share with you. And it's that he will guide us through difficulty. And I know some of you need to hear that right now because you're in a very difficult circumstance, situation. You're crying out to God, you're begging him. He will guide you through difficulty. Let me show you how and what this looks like. Unfortunately, there are times when the Holy Spirit leads us right into the fire. And some of you are in the fire. There are so many examples in scripture that I could give to you. So I pulled out just a couple. So the first one I wanna share with you is actually in Daniel chapter three. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Three young Jewish slaves that are in Babylon taken in captivity. They're forced to live in a foreign land and do foreign things. It comes to a time when the king builds this statue. The king makes a decree for everybody to bow down and worship the statue because he actually believed that he's God. You and I know that there are false religions, false idols. That's not God. There is the one true living God, and that's the one that the Hebrews followed after. These three young men, when, when the king said, when the music plays, I want everybody to bow down and worship the idol. And these three young, possibly teenagers, nope, I ain't doing that. God is not leading me in that direction to do that. That is contrary to God's design and God's purposes. When everyone else around them got down when the music played, their friends, their family members, all got down and worshiped. These three guys, I ain't doing that. The king makes a decree. Anybody who doesn't bow down and worship the idol will be thrown into a fiery furnace. Much like World War II with the Holocaust, you know, what happened to the Jews, like get thrown in a fiery furnace so that literally to burn them up. I don't know if you've ever read this story. You've got to go back and read Daniel because what happens is absolutely miraculous and supernatural. Three young men go into the burning furnace and a fourth shows up, one that looked like the son of God, Jesus himself in his form and likeness. These young men did not burn up, though they should have. They're not burned up. They don't smell like smoke. And like there's witnesses, there's people that see this happen. So when you and I read stuff and we go, nah, that's just a fake story. I mean, are you gonna say that about every news story that you read, everything that you read on the internet? You know, some of that ain't real, but if you're believing it, you're silly you. Uh, so, but I'm talking about real, true, factual, historical events. Like if it happened right here, would you believe it? Yes, because we're sitting here and we watched it. And the TV cameras would show up and be like, oh my gosh, we heard. And, and you and I would line up as eyewitnesses of what just happened. That's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's story. Walked into the fire because they were unwilling to bow down. Let me give you an example of Jesus. Uh, Matthew chapter four. Jesus led by the spirit into the wilderness for 40 days and nights. For what? plain as day, to be tempted by the devil. What? Wait a second. 
God, you're not supposed to lead me to be tempted by the devil. God, you're not, you're supposed to, you know, cause the devil to be removed. And God, what, what in the world? Why? Jesus himself, the son of God, led by the spirit into the fire, into the wilderness in a time all by himself when it would have been easy for him to point himself in a different direction other than what the father had for him. But he wouldn't do it. The wilderness, the fire, the furnace, there's plenty of analogies, there's plenty of stories. The reason I share this is I love that God sees something in you and I that he so desires to invest in us. Do you understand that? Your dad in heaven loves you so much, he doesn't want you to stay the same. He, but he's gotta bring some change in your life. He needs you to be reliant upon him, to be led by the spirit. So he wants us to be, to be led by the spirit more and more, and I love that. But if I'm gonna be totally honest, sometimes I just wish he would leave me alone. I don't know about you, but like the whole idea of God's gonna lead me into the fire. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? No human like in their right mind would want that. But sometimes he just, he doesn't leave us alone. And I wanna share with you an example in scripture. I love the analogy in John 15, where Jesus communicates about the vine and the branches. Let me, let, me, let me read this to you. So Jesus teaches this in John 15, starting in verse one. He says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. Here's where it gets tough. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Now, I know that Jesus is talking about trimming branches. I know that. But this verse, these verses, they remind me of prunes, like literally prunes. Because I read that and it's like, hey, and he prunes the branches. So I think of prunes. I don't know if you've ever had prunes before. Don't. They're disgusting. They're absolutely gross. And the reason this makes sense to me is because to me, getting pruned might be worse than prunes. It's so hard. Like when God is pruning us and trimming us back and cutting, what? He loves me and he wants more. Yeah, it stinks. It's hard. It's so difficult. You want me to do what? You want me to stop watching TVMA shows? You want me to stop watching or stop watching the movies that I am? You want me to stop smoking pot? Like, God, you, you, like you're serious? You totally want me to do that? You want me to stop criticizing people on social? Like, come on, like, that's God pruning. Oh, no, that feels great. It's like, no, no, no. God, I can't do that. In fact, I would rather drink prune juice. So I have prune juice because to me, when I read John 15, one and two, and it talks about pruning, I know it's branches, but I think of prunes. I guess I'm a literal person. And sometimes I would, this stuff is gross too. Look, it looks like tar. So God says, I have more for you, but I've got to prune you. And I whine and complain. And I go, God, I'd rather drink prune juice than be pruned. Oh, God, help me. Just kidding. Oh my gosh. Oh, excuse me. It's bad. It's... Good thing we have communion next. This is much better. 
So getting pruned, it causes so much discomfort. And sometimes it even makes us mad. God is investing in us. He wants us to be led by the Spirit, and we get upset about it. We get disgruntled. And sometimes we even say to God, I'd rather be cut off entirely than to deal with what I'm doing right now, what you're taking me through. So we have to lean in to when the understanding the pruning and being led by the Spirit is for our benefit. It's a supernatural impartation from heaven to us here on earth for our life. Because life is hard. It's so hard. But God is not leaving us out on the ocean with no wind in our sails. He literally is breathing his Holy Spirit. And so let me ask you, where is the Holy Spirit leading you? Where is his breath breathing out? Where is the Holy Spirit pruning you? What is he cutting off on you in your life right now? And so it's so challenging, I get it. But then there's this other piece. And so here's the encouragement, here's the hope. And so we go, like I know many of you, you're feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit and that's absolutely how he works at times. So there's, th there's areas of our life we've gotta change. But then I wanna help us move forward. So what does it look like for us to be led by the Holy Spirit, to stay connected? Right, I mentioned prayer, I mentioned Bible reading, I mentioned other people, but then Paul gives us this great list in Ephesians 5, jump down to verse 19 if you're following along. It says, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your heart and give thanks to everything, for everything that God the Father, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a great verse for Thanksgiving week. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Three simple things, like here you go, are you ready? If you need to screenshot this, three things to be led by the Holy Spirit. We put ourselves in an atmosphere of worship every moment of every day. Yes, songs that we're playing in our earbuds. Yes, absolutely, songs that are playing, you know, over the speakers in our house. Yes, in our car, in our vehicle. And then also in our hearts, the way he designed us as spiritual beings, that we would also have number two, that we would have this attitude of thankfulness. Because so often we look at our past and we see the guilt and the shame, which God wants to set you free of today if you're still living in that place. But what if instead of the guilt and the shame, we looked back at all the things that God has actually done in our life? Because there's probably one or two or 10,000 million that you go, God, you did this and I was so ungrateful. Thank you so much. And then definitely number three, the confirmation of others where God puts us in a body of believers in a church, in groups. And so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna remove the things that separate us from the Lord from being led by the Spirit. And then we're gonna implement the disciplines of spiritual growth that we can continue the process of the Spirit breathing in our sails to be led for momentous things today and tomorrow and next week and next year. What if you allowed yourself to go to a place where only God can take you? And so that's what we're gonna do. So the best way that we can do that is by taking communion together. And so here at Grace Church, 
Um, if you are a follower of Christ, we welcome you to take communion with us. If you're not yet follower of Christ, it says in God's word that if we confess with our mouth and believe at our heart that, that God sent Jesus and he rose from the dead, that he will save us. And, and so that word saved is, is the renewal of our spirit because our spirit is old and decayed and, and, and we make sinful decisions. And, but God wants to do something new. And so and in just a moment, I'm gonna lead you in a time of a prayer. So it's choosing heaven or choosing hell. That literally is what's going on. So we can be led by the divine and the Holy Spirit. And so that's, that's available to you today. And so with that, just understanding communion, we'll take communion and then I'll, I'll pray afterwards. But you know, one of the things that's so interesting about communion Oftentimes it's referred to as the Last Supper, uh, but there's also this piece where you ever think about it as the First Communion. Uh, so I know, I know just we understand that because we're, we're thinking the Passover meal, yes, that's real and true, but for the very first time, Jesus put a different spin on Passover. So it was the First Communion. And so Jesus says, this is my body that I'm gonna lay down for you as a sacrifice. This is my blood that I'm gonna spill out for the establishment of the new covenant, for the forgiveness of your sins. So what if today you and I go, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna partake of the body. I'm gonna have forgiveness of my sins and I'm gonna move forward in the power of the Holy Spirit and be led by him because today's a new day. And I believe that that's possible. So if y'all could do me a favor, go ahead and stand up. Go ahead and stand up because I believe that God's some. God has something big and significant for every single one of us. And so Christ said that. If you have your elements, go ahead and take them out because Christ gave his body for you with profession of Jesus as our Lord and Savior that I need you and I want you. I take you into my life. And in the same way, Jesus, forgive me. I am so sorry for all that I've done. And so Lord, we come before you, God. Mm. Father, what you've communicated in your word through these scripture is, it's so challenging, Lord. And so Father, right now, we just acknowledge that we need you. We can't do it on our own. In fact, for those of you that are tired of trying it on your own, pray with me right now. You, you just say something like, God, I know I need you. Jesus, I believe that you're my Lord and my savior. I commit to follow you for all that you are. Would you have me? Would you restore me and give me a fresh start and a new beginning? And Father, for those of us that have prayed that before, Lord, we, we take this communion. Thank you so much for blessing those elements. Lord, we, we understand that Jesus, they're you. We remember that, that's incredible. And so God, we're, we're after something more. We're after something supernatural. Would you flood us with your Holy Spirit like water? Would you anoint us with the oil of the Holy Spirit? Would you breathe on us? your spirit in our lungs and in our sails. Would you light the fire of the Holy Spirit over us that we would experience you in ways that we never thought was possible. Lord, we open ourselves up to you. We worship you, we glorify your name that we would have this divine connection with you like never before. Mm, Lord, that you would use us to love those who don't deserve it, to love the unlovable, the marginalized, God, that you would go beyond our self and our limitations, that we would experience you like never before. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.